It's your friend Andrew. Welcome to episode 35 of the RCast. This week on the RCast, I talked to Tom Wilson about how REO gateways work to enhance the functionality and value of stamps and the stamp protocol. We talk about how he got involved in the Arweave ecosystem and his work as a founder in residence for Forward Research. This Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern, we're having another fireside chat. That's our Twitter spaces hosted by R-Drive and REO. Come join the fun as we talk about the new R-Drive app refresh. That's right, R-Drive 2.0 is in effect. You may have seen the video about it. You may have seen some of the tweets. Our engineers have added some cool features and some awesome UI upgrades. So check that out. For any of you who will be in Canada on June 28th, REO founder Phil Materis will be speaking at Collision, so we'll see you there. So let's get into it. This is my interview with Tom Wilson on the RCast. You're tuned to the RCast, where we talk about the blockchain on the RCast and how your data remains it's the RCast, where R drive is the topic, censorship resistant permanence. Yeah, we got it. Hey, friends, welcome to the RCast. We've got a cool guest, someone who's deep in the ecosystem, who's done a lot for adoption and onboarding of new users. We've got Tom, who's the creator and founder of the Stamp Protocol. He's a forward research founder in residence, and he just did a really cool presentation at Permapalooza in Austin. So, Tom Wilson, welcome to the RCAST. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Andrew. Thanks for having me. I feel like we've hung out, what, two or three times? We hung out in Denver. We hung out in Austin. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Tell me about your background and how you came to work with the forward research team. Yeah, the TLDR on my background, it's a long one, so it won't take all day, but I started coding when I was around eight or nine, got the bug and have been developing software professionally for a little bit under 30 years, mainly in enterprise healthcare, about 20 of those years, built some really cool applications in that space, and then actually launched a company called Jack Russell Software in 2008. And Jack Russell is the terrier. So we had a lot of fun with that. Probably the best thing is when people would call to ask to speak to Jack. He was always on the golf course. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> but grew that company and sold to a larger healthcare organization, which went public in 2016. And in 2020, had the opportunity to do something else and really you know, looking around, found through Ethereum, through Solana, found Arweave and the PermaWeb and very passionate about web technologies and very passionate about software reliability and sustainability. This really, really hit me as something to work on. That's a really interesting background. So you started Jack Russell right at the start of the first re that recession, right? Like you were launching. How was that? <laughs> we didn't feel any effects. We were in a garage bootstrapping the thing and was fortunate. Previously, I was like VP of software development for a, a company that sold to a Fortune 500. And so when I started JRS, I was like, we just built this platform in four years and long, so, hey, I can start a company and help other people do the same. And it ended up working really well. But uh, yeah, those were interesting times. <laughs> and then going from there and fast forward to your talk now about the early years of the internet. You're someone who's been like online for a while. It was a really funny, engaging talk. And I think that like 
the point that I took away was that a lot of the things that old, the old school internet has imbued into our DNA are so much a part of our identity and what's dysfunctional now that we don't even think about it. I loved your point that, hey, maybe centralized organizations shouldn't have your password. What were some of the things about the early internet that when you started, you were like, huh, this maybe doesn't have to be like this. So open source was coming out as well. So you had Microsoft versus back then IBM and a little bit of Apple. And then the internet came out and you really had this new platform along with open source at the same time. So the fact that you could get a dial-up modem and you could install Linux and you could run a few commands and have a have a server and have web pages that anyone in the world could access through the speed of light. I think that was really incredible because for the first time you could distribute information in near real time, which before that you had CDs to load software in, or you had these discs. And the funny thing is, do you ever see a three, three and a half inch floppy, right? People yeah. used to carry those around. These are my files. And yeah, so you could easily see how that was, was a game changer. When we had stores back then that sold nothing but software. You would walk into a store and peruse the software aisle. It's such a wild thing to think now, like I was at Target yesterday and like the the Nintendo Switch games, most of them are just car download cards. Like we used to have physical gaming stores. We still do, but it's a different world, definitely. <laughs> and it's, it was a more vulnerable world because God forbid you have your stack of floppies, you go near a magnet. Like it was, it was centralized in a way that was like not sustainable maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was very decentralized, but very analog, right? Everyone had these PCs and you had to have a phone line to dial up. It was very, it was decentralized, but not, not very connected. And, and that connectivity uh, obviously got better and better over time. Cable modems came out, T1s, fiber, all of that. What's that law of microchips at every, was it every two years, it gets yeah. twice as much power? Moore's law. That's correct. Moore's law. Moore's Law. And you've seen that in your career, you've seen it get faster and everything, get more people are adopting the permaweb now. Sam had this great point that he made in a podcast where he said 98% of internet content is deleted every 20 years with some statistic. So I guess that brings that to our next question. You obviously have seen a lot of change in technology. You've been an OG on the internet. What, are we just focused on building the permaweb? So why is this important and how... Does the permaweb differ from the traditional web? Yeah. So the permaweb is important because it makes, it makes your data permanent. And again, for many different reasons, many different people may want permanence with their data, but before it's the amount of money that you would have to pay monthly to retain data would just be too much. So it's just easier to delete. I think another reason that it's important is if you if you could think back maybe five years of maybe some applications that you were like really using 
and you are putting things in and then you let your account lapse and then all that data goes away. The PermaWeb allows us to build apps where whatever content the user puts into those applications, it will never go away. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of value in that because you may want to access that data at some point in time. You may not want to use the same app, but you may want to access that data. So I think it really creates this empowerment of the user to have control of their data and ownership of their data versus passing that trust to a third party to say, hey, keep keep my drive. Don't let any anything happen to that. And then for whatever reason, it, it goes away. That's a really interesting point. And I think that kind of helps us transition into what stamps are. And it seems like a lot of the projects Forward Research is excited about are layer two solutions that help shift and make sense of these mounds of data, all this data and making it a more user-friendly experience. Like I had Brennan from Quill on talking about database organization and how optimizing data and how you can, how that makes experience better. So let's talk a little bit about the stamp protocol and the new exciting news. Yeah, we're releasing a version one. So we've been testing the protocol for eight months and now we are releasing a complete version of the protocol and pretty much expect it to never have to be touched again. So this is a resilient, and again, the PermaWeb is a perfect place to put per permanent protocols. And stamps is a way to capture proof of attribution. If you publish content and you receive likes for that content, typically that's done at a Pacific app. So if you distribute your content to multiple platforms and you want to count up how many people liked your content, you go to each one. Whereas stamps is universal. So no matter who consumes your content on any PermaWeb app and they attribute or like your content, you'll see one number for all of that. And it's proof of humanity. So you know that it's actual humans in, in Web2, the same person can like your content on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. That really would count in your metrics as three, but it really is one human, right? Yeah. But, so you get better signal. And the big problem that it's trying to solve, if we think back why the web was so decentralized, was it was very hard to discover things. So you had search engines evolve, and then obviously you had Google, which had a, an algorithm called PageRank. And basically PageRank would be if you posted a link of something cool on your blog, then it would make that indexer smarter and say, oh, this content is pretty popular. The stamp protocol kind of looks at that attribution as a signal of curation. So the idea is that the most stamped content for a continue a specific subject matter or topic, the more stamps, the more value you would get. It seems like Google sort of making sense of everything is almost like an analog to what we're trying to do with Web3 and that we're trying to make it more user-friendly, but it's different ideologically maybe. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, absolutely. And centralization is not a bad thing. We need centralized services in our lives as a society. So it's just, I guess it's the spectrum, right? And where is that line? And But part of stamps is to allow for users and creators to, to interact with more, more decision-making capabilities than if you were to use a centralized service and then the centralized service is making all the decisions for you. And, you know, that's the trade-off, if you will. It goes back to this idea of giving users agency and making sure the human behind the wallet is a real human. What are some of the verification ways you use to make sure it's a real human? Yeah, so there's a neat project in the Arweave permaweb system called VouchDAO. And VouchDAO is an organization that is member-driven that essentially accepts services and these proof of human services, I guess you could call them, but basically any one of these services can submit a request to be part of VouchDAO. And if the members approve them, then they're, they're able to vouch users through their process. There's one called the Twitter service, which you log in with your wallet and then you log into your Twitter account and you actually send a tweet to your Twitter account, your wallet address. And then the service will read that tweet. And if it matches, then it will write a record onto Arweave saying that you're vouched. And that's that vouch creates a, a trustful access mechanism so that when someone stamps, we know if they're a human or not based on that service. And, and there's more services coming out. And again, this is that proof of humanity, especially with AI is going to continue to be this problem that we're constantly cha challenged by. But uh, yeah, I think the other day I saw bots are able to break the captchas on sites. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's scary. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting about stamps is then like what we did at Permapalooza, we had the scoreboard of people who had scanned certain QR codes and um, it was like a fun scavenger hunt. And then there was a leaderboard. So similarly, things that are stamped more, it's almost like Reddit, they'll, have, they'll be more upvoted. More people, they'll get more attention because they're more popular. Is that kind of a, an interesting analog, you think? Yeah, absolutely. There's actually a little project called now.arweave.dev that's kind of like a Reddit. And you, the more you stamp, the higher you go. But then also you can have topics. So you can say, I want to see what's the most popular music or what's the most popular meme, et cetera. So yeah, we're putting those building blocks in so that there can be smart search engines leveraging stamps to, to these Reddit boards that may define a specific topic or maybe a broad spectrum. And I think eventually you'll get to where each user can create their own mixtape, if you will, or mix board and say, I'm interested in this topic and this topic, and I like Andrew and I like Anthony. And then basically they create their own kind of personalized Reddit where they get their interested information fed to them. So I think that could be really cool. 
That is cool. And this idea that like it's cross-platform, I say that with quotes because it's our weave, but then it's like, instead of Spotify might have a different algorithm because I'll listen to Spotify with my son in the car and he likes Raffi, but then YouTube, it's like gaming history. So it's, so it would find like an interesting balance. Would you say the smart contract element is important to the stamps, to stamps? Yeah, so it's really interesting. There's three elements that are important to stamps. The first is just the acronym, the signature, the timestamp, and the metadata. The second is civil resistance, which we talked about, about. And then the third is the contract. And the contract is where it turns stamps into a game because what happens is there's a, a stamp reward token and every... 720 blocks or approximately every day, rewards will get minted and distributed reward tokens to the most popular creators of that day. So the contract mm. really enables this kind of incentive to get users to stamp your contact content to receive those rewards and then have a leaderboard to see how you're ranking in the permaweb world. If you're ranking high, as Arweave gets more popular, a lot of people are aware of what you're creating, which right. is cool. One of the things that we talked about in the panel at Permapalooza was this idea of content fi, which seems to be a popular topic. And David Phelps in Denver talked about the content blockchain. And so as for me, coming from like the independent creator realm originally before working with REO, I've always I was always thinking about, okay, how can an artist monetize their content on different web two platforms. And now it's this question of how do creators monetize their content on the permaweb and how can stamps really help facilitate that? Is that kind of what you were saying about the top ranking people? There's a couple of specifications in Arweave. One, one of the most popular ones called ANS 110, and it's basically a discovery protocol. So when you create content, when you deploy content on Arweave, you can give it tags. You can give it like descriptors. And what it does is say, give it a type, what kind of type of content you're publishing, a title and a description and a set of one to many topics. And by, by doing that, then basically the whole permaweb uses a GraphQL engine that can query data based on those tags. So when you combine that with stamps, you can sit there and moderate and say, you know what, I only want, I only want to see memes that are topic funny. <laughs> and yeah. then I only get the stamp content that is funny memes. So you can mix and match what kind of information you want based on the combination of that discovery protocol and stamps. And the idea with stamps is, the more stamp that content is, obviously, that should signal that it's better value, right, than the non-stamp content. Now, it's still a little work for content creators to market their, their content and get the word out. But with stamps, once someone views it, they can make a decision whether they like that content or not. That, yeah, that is interesting. And it, it levels the playing field. It makes me think of the early years of YouTube where creators who weren't funded by labels or Hollywood would have a video on the front page. And just because it was on the front page, it would get more attention. So there was more exposure and less competition with algorithmic manipulation. So there's more potential 
for people to have their stuff seen. And I guess another question I had is, do you think stamps add to helping make things more permanent or is everything just everything on our wave is permanent? So it's just more about participation in that content or does it actually help with the permanence of it? Yeah, I, I think it's everything's permanent, but I think what it does is it really helps helps thinking about how to organize your content and how to distribute it and get people to view it. One of the things once we go V1 is we're going to really work hard to continue to integrate stamps in, in every PermaWeb app. So we've got about 10 PermaWeb apps that have stamps in them so far. But so, so then that way, once, and it's only adding three lines of code to, to integrate stamps. So it's not super hard. And as more and more apps like the Wiki and Alex and others have stamps integrated, then I think you'll start to see the value of, of stamping content because it works in three ways. One is users get value. Can they see this article's got a hundred stamps? I want to read it. So it drives incentive. That way the creator gets true signal of the value of their content, right? If I'm publishing this content and I'm not getting zero many stamps, then I need to up my game with my value or up my marketing. And then the third thing, and going back to the content fi, is stamps can attract sponsorships. And content fi is a, an avenue where sponsors that may not be content creators, but see the value in content creators can provide some resources to them to, to up, up their games. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a piece, but it's a very important piece. It doesn't answer all the questions, but without that piece, some of the questions would be more difficult to answer. How do stamps work with gateways? Yeah, gateways really power the way that we consume the permaweb, right? Because the Arweave network is super robust, but it does one thing really well. And then the gateway sits on top and it really is that permaweb node. So all of these permaweb apps can run on gateways or be distributed on gateways, which makes really a, a really modern decentralized experience. So I go back to being able to deploy a website or web server in my garage and everyone can see it. The permaweb with gateways gives you that same experience without having to understand how servers work, how the cloud works, how all of that stuff works. All you need to do is get content up, but you're doing the equivalent of serving it everywhere and you have control, right? You're not depending on a third party to manage that for you. Keep those servers running for you. All the mm. gateways are decentralized and how... That corresponds back in the stamps is stamps could not run with, without gateways and smart contracts. And, and I think there's a couple of proposals out there that will be extremely exciting if they, if they land. And one of them is called a renderer, where a renderer is a, an app that you can take any content and kind of load it into the window and it can say, oh, this is music. Let me put a skin around that. 
Let me put a thumbnail. Let me show some animation as the music plays. And what's cool about that is that it does, the users will be able to choose what renderers they want to use. Just if you go to a website that allows you to choose what theme you want to view that website. The proposal for gateways in the future to implement that specification will allow for, will just make it easy to add stamps to any asset without the user having to know how to program or know how to go through some complex process. Making it feel intuitive, right? That's, yeah, that's a lot of your work, which is really exciting and necessary. And you're like one of the leaders in that. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. And again, the gateways are super fun and see a lot of value uh, in the near future. I can't wait for the, the release of the gateways. Remember, I was wearing your shirt, the stamp shirt during the panel. And Sam said, man, in 10 years, that will be like a collector's item. That will be like an original Apple shirt or something like that. <laughs> so it's cool that, yeah, everyone in the community understands the value of what you're doing. And I definitely use permapages.app a lot for the work we've been doing. Like I use it for the South by Southwest mixtape. We used it for the archive of Permapalooza we just put up. Like it's a really intuitive interface. Where can people learn more about all this? Stamps.rweave.dev or stamps.gateway.io will be our wiki, which will give you the whole kind of TLDR about the stamp project. Our, our Permaweb Discord is just a great place if you have questions of anything. So if you have questions with stamps, you go to the stamps channel if you have questions with pages or any other app and all the builders are there and they can help you with support so it's, it's a it's, it's a fun lightweight community where we're all building together and the technology is changing all the time that, that's a great place to go if you have some long-form questions you want to get answered that's cool it's such a helpful community it's not like it's not gate kept. There are no gatekeepers, even though we've got gateways. And the, yeah, I'm just looking at the stamps.rweave.dev page. It's cool because right now you have the leaderboard. And so this recent winners, is that something that was like most stamped? Yeah, cool. and you can click on any one of those profiles and you can see what they stamped, which is pretty cool. That is really, oh, the, you click the I. Yeah. That's really that. cool. You can see what Sam stamped. Oh man, it's awesome. This is so cool, Tom. It's really great getting some of the philosophy, hearing about your journey. Any closing thoughts before we wrap up today? Appreciate you having me on. And if there's any developers out there that want to integrate stamps in their permaweb project, just hit me up on the Discord or on, on Twitter and I'd be happy to help you. That's tight. What's your Twitter name again? It's at twilson63. We'll keep the story going, but thank you for your time. Everyone check out stamps, check out permapages and we'll keep building.